The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Today we're talking with Christy Welker about an upcoming event that is a car show and motorcycle show. It is a car and bike show, and the actual name of it is Darren's Heart in Motion, and all the proceeds from the event will be going towards our 501c3 nonprofit that we uh, established in my husband's memory. The name of it is called Darren Welker Servant Heart Fund. Darren Welker died in September of 2020 as a result of injuries received in a motorcycle accident that happened in North Carolina. Darren was born and raised in the Walter Hill community. He graduated from Oakland High School, which is also where I went to school. I was born and raised here as well. And through our church at Walter Hill Church of Christ, he was a deacon and he served in areas of disaster relief, which he led many group efforts on, and also mission work through our church as well. He led trips and also at the school that our children attended, which was Middle Tennessee Christian School, for about 15 years. He went on and organized every trip. He was just very servant-minded and people-minded, the biggest heart I, I know, and we just didn't want to see any of that work end. We wanted it to continue, and a lot of people kept wanting to contribute to things that were close to Darren's heart even after his accident and his passing. And so we just wanted to have a hand in that and to help facilitate as people were wanting to give. That's how we came up with this idea to create this nonprofit. Money raised from this upcoming car and bike show will go into the Servant Heart Fund, which was set up in memory of Darren Welker. So his main focus was Honduras with Ambassadors for Christ. Darren loved others, and he loved helping people, especially through mission work. Honduras is where, at least twice a year, Darren traveled. But through our church, we also went to Honduras, and then our family as a group went some other places, like Uganda. Darren and I went to Russia and served locally in Alabama and Georgia through our church with mission work as well. For anybody listening who has never been on a mission trip, it is something that really brings people a lot closer. If their family goes together, for example, it brings them a lot closer together, but it brings those who go on these mission trips a lot closer to God in a lot of ways. Talk a little bit about that and mission trips with him. Only the very first one he ever went on did I not go? And my daughter went with him and they came back. As you say, you sound like someone who speaks from having gone on mission trips before, I can tell. But they came back. They couldn't even put into words how it had touched their heart and affected them. And I knew right away that this was something I was going to have to go on so I could understand what in the world had just grabbed them, (laughs) literally. And I fully understood. And that next mission trip, we did go on as a family of four. We took also took our younger daughter. And so from there on out, we pretty much went as a family. And Darren inspired so many people, even beyond just like our family, like he could inspire just groups of people and you're right once you ever go and serve like that and I think it's because you have to humble yourself and 
kind of deny your wants and desires and put others' needs before you. And you put yourself in a place where you have no choice because you step out of your world and into somebody else's world. And it's just very, very humbling. And when you do that, I just feel like God is able to show you it's really not about us. It's about everybody else, and it's about Him. And until you do that, almost forced to do that, do we not maybe fully understand or see the things that we can see at that point? And it's not cheap to go on mission trips <laughs> and bring your whole family either. I think sometimes people get the wrong idea. They don't understand the aspect of, well, you got to pay to go on these mission trips. <laughs> That's very true. Our family also, we experienced that. Our church was always very supportive of us in in helping us raise our funds, but not far into it, we realized that we needed to do something more proactively. And so we started a, I call it a ministry, my husband and I, where we, um, we would hold paint classes where we would build plank boards and we would design scripture verses to be painted on those boards through a process of what we call stencil technique. And what we would do is we would promote this and we would go into churches. They would host us in a church group and we would go and provide all the materials and show up and individuals from that church would pay a donation to paint with us. And we would lead them through that class and they would paint their projects and we would raise money and we would use that money as a family to go on our mission trip. And it has been such a blessing, I'd say, for about seven years that we have done that. And after Darren's accident, and I kind of sought for the Lord, is, am I going to continue to do these things? Am I going to continue to do this mission work and raise our money? And he has shown me that, yeah, he wants me to continue doing that because I'm still going and hosting these paint classes. And the nonprofit I've started since Darren's accident is separate from the ministry that I run painting classes, raising money for myself and my family's on mission trips. Again, we're talking with Christy Welker whose husband's memory, Darren Welker, lives on, thanks to events like the upcoming car show that will be held in June. The money that is raised goes into the Darren Welker Servant Heart Fund. The nonprofit functions where the money that is brought in, one aspect of it, mission work, people can apply for scholarship funds to help provide for them to raise money for them to go on their mission trips. Christy says that she has a goal of someday paying for other families to go on mission trips. So the dream is that over time we expand to where we as a fund can actually sponsor a mission trip for people to go on as a group. Hopefully we'll grow to that. But yes, the upcoming car show and bike show is going to be held June the 24th, which is the third Saturday in June at the Smyrna Ready Mix headquarters, which is right off of 840 on Jefferson Pike. Some people may think that's Smyrna, but it actually has a Murfreesboro address. And it starts at 8 o'clock, and awards will be given at 1 o'clock that day. The upcoming car and motorcycle show will be held outside the headquarter office of Smyrna Ready Mix, directly off of I-840. We will be awarding top 40 awards. We will also be awarding um, a People's Choice and a Darren's Choice. And that would be in both categories of vehicles and then motorcycles. Money raised will go into the Servant Heart Fund, which was set up in memory of Darren Welker. All the proceeds from the event will be going towards our 501c3 nonprofit, 
that we established in my husband's memory, and the name of it is Darren Welker Servant Heart Fund. The funds they raise go to pay for things like relief work in places such as Mississippi. We've gone to Mississippi, we've gone to Readville, and we went to Waverly after the flooding where we do cleanup efforts because of the relief work efforts that he was involved in. They also help cover the expense of local service projects for the elderly and for widows who live right here in Rutherford County. And then the third way we give money is in our community directly towards a service project for elderly and widows, for people that represents where he did construction work for people. I donated his tools and his trailer that he worked out of, and we use that as we go around and do service work for those individuals in our community directly. We've been talking with Christy Welker about the upcoming car and bike show that will be held outside the Smyrna Ready Mix headquarter office just off of I-840 near the interchange of 840 and Jefferson Pike. The upcoming car and bike show will be open to everybody, and it will be held on June 24th. To learn more about Christie's late husband, Darren Welker, and the Servant Heart Fund, just go to DarrenWelkerServantHeartFund.org. For WGNS News, I'm Scott Walker. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. This is Lisa Halliburton with Bell Jewelers. We have gifts for everyone if you want to commemorate your children's birthstones and all the different birthstone colors is very popular. We do in-house engraving. We can even do your own personal signature or the kids' handprint on a piece of jewelry or something in their handwriting. Bell Jewelers, 821 Northwest Broad Street, across from Toots Restaurant. Get it later from the paper or get it now from the radio. WGNSRadio.com. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Do you suffer from peripheral neuropathy in your hands or feet? Burning pain, balance problems, and a decreased quality of life? Magnolia Medical Center can help. This is Dr. David Morris with Magnolia Medical Center. Across the street from the hospital and the Ascend Federal Credit Building. Online at magnoliamedicalcenters.com. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by anytime today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. Here at Music World and Drummer's Den, we've got the best drum and percussion brands in the world. Ludwig, Gretsch, Pearl, Yamaha, Zildjian, Meinl, DW. We've got a great lesson program for guitar, bass, drums, piano, and more. Hi, this is Dave Kivanimi. Give us a call, 615-893-4242 to get started. Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro. 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. We are continuing our broadcast this morning on the Action Line today, Monday, May 1st. A special announcement from Murfreesboro Medical Clinic. All locations of MMC will be closed today, May the 1st. They are taking proactive measures to update critical infrastructure. 
They said that they apologize for any inconvenience that this may have caused. But again, all Murfreesboro Medical Clinic locations will be closed today, Monday, May 1st. Patients will be contacted as soon as possible to reschedule their appointments. This is again for today, Monday only. All Murfreesboro Medical Clinic locations closed due to critical updates that are being made to their infrastructure. And once more, patients will be contacted by MMC as soon as possible to reschedule any missed appointments for today, Monday, May 1st. We are continuing our broadcast today from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. MTE serves not only Rutherford County and the city of Murfreesboro, but also Smyrna, Laverne, and nearby Williamson, Wilson, and Cannon Counties. MTE provides energy to homes and businesses that equal more than 750,000 residents throughout the Middle Tennessee area. Again, we're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Time to take a look at that forecast. Today is Monday. It is May the 5th. And the high today is expected to reach 65 degrees. There's only a 2% chance of rain, wind gusts from the west between 10 and 20 miles per hour. For tonight, a low down to 44 with some passing clouds and again a 2% chance of rain. Winds tonight between 10 and 15 miles per hour. That's 10 and 15 miles per hour winds tonight. For Tuesday, a high of 65, low down to 44, mostly sunny tomorrow with only a 2% chance of rain. For Wednesday, the high will reach 67 and Wednesday night down to 40. But during the day on Wednesday, it will be sunny with only a 1% chance of showers. Thursday's high is 72 with a low down to 51. And Thursday during the day, mostly sunny, 6% chance of rain. For Friday, high of 67, low down to 58 Friday night. The chance of rain on Friday grows to 83%. For Saturday, 50% chance of thunderstorms on Saturday morning, with a high of 77, low down to 58 Saturday night. Sunday is high, 79. There's a 55% chance of rain and thunderstorms on Sunday, with a low down to 61 Sunday night. From the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios, I'm Scott Walker reporting. Stay with us, more to come on this morning's Action Line. Today, Monday, May the 1st. Hi, this is Stan with Parks Auction Company, and by now you've probably heard our commercials and know that we are committed to helping you increase your investments. Call 896-4600 to set an appointment with me or one of my team members. That's 896-4600. Parks Auction Company. We handle everything. We're talking with Pat Wingo at Adams Place. My son's research, I think, nine places, then it kept coming back here. So your son said, Mom, this is it. Oh, hands down, I'd say Adams Place. It's five-star rated in Tennessee, and they live up to that rating. I'm thankful to be here. Hi, this is Terry Deal at Adams Place. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Time right now, 8.35. You're listening to WGNS again on this Monday morning, today, May 1st. May 1st already. The year, I've said it a hundred times, has flown by. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris. The Commissioner Coroner with Commissioner Craig Harris. Every day, more than 90 Americans die after overdosing on opioids. 
That is more than three people per hour. As if the death rate wasn't bad enough, the CDC estimates the economic burden of prescription opioid misuse in the United States as $78.5 billion per year, including the cost of health care, lost productivity, and addiction treatment. Despite the grim subject matter depicted on TV and in movies, opioid addiction is not confined to big cities. The effects of the opioid epidemic are more intense in rural communities like Rutherford County. Between 1999 and 2015, opioid death rates in rural areas have quadrupled among persons 18 to 25 years old and tripled for females. Analysts say the problem started with the prescription of legal pain medications, but note it has intensified in recent years with the influx of cheap heroin and synthetic opioids, particularly fentanyl, which are supplied by Mexican cartels across our weak southern border. The crisis has reached such a scale that it has become a threat to national security. We didn't develop an opioid epidemic until there was a huge surplus of opioids provided by big pharmaceutical companies. The U.S. consumes 93% of the world's hydrocodone opioid production. Overdose deaths involving opioids has increased more than six-fold since 1999. In 2019, the most recent year for which full data is available, Opioid overdoses accounted for nearly 50,000 deaths, more than seven times the number of U.S. military service members killed in post-9-11 wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. The number of opioid-related deaths shot up in 2020 to around 70,000 and again in 2021 to 80,000. Since 2015, the opioid morality rate has contributed to a historical decline in life expectancy in the United States. The majority of those who overdose on opioids are white Americans. This group constituted 70% of the annual total of deaths in the year 2020. In our state, approximately 60,000 Tennesseans suffer from some form of dependency on prescription narcotics. Tennessee ranks number two in the nation for opioid abuse. In 2021, 3,814 Tennesseans died from drug overdose. That's double the number of deaths in 2017. For every person who dies from an opioid overdose, there are 851 people in various stages of misuse, abuse, or treatment. That's over a million people, or one out of six. This epidemic does not spare our children. Prescription opioid abuse has resulted in more children being removed from homes and entering into state's custody. About 50% of children taken into the Department of Child Services care were removed from homes due to parental drug abuse. You might ask, what can we do? In 2018, I ran my campaign on this issue. I believe it then, and I believe it today. We must attack with a focus on awareness, education, and recovery. We have to work with our community coalitions, support our sheriff's department, who has helped me in this county establish a drug task force, support recovery courts, and work with District Attorney Jennings Jones to diverting jail sentences to recovery assistance. We as a society need to quit stigmatizing drug abusers. We must remember they are someone's child, father, mother, or loved one. I cannot reiterate the importance of educating our children. The whole county must work together for us to have a chance at victory. On a personal note, I hate addiction. I hate the pain and destruction it leaves in its wake. Right now, while you are listening to my words, it is destroying lives. I have a child who I love more than anything in the world, that is in the midst of a lifelong battle with addiction. As a parent, the pain is unbearable, and life is insanity. 
It's like watching your child on fire and you had the fire extinguisher, but they just run away. It has affected my health, my family, my business, and my sanity. You see, I feel like the biggest fraud in this county. I'm trying to save your children, but I cannot help my own. That pain is unbearable. It is immeasurable, and I constantly try to hide it. Some of you may not know me, but I am a strong man, and I will never quit fighting for my daughter or your loved ones. Talk to your children. Pay attention. Notice their appearance. Meet their friends. Watch for changes in their lives. We have to save our most important commodity, our children. I pray for every one of you, and please pray for me. If you or someone you know are struggling with addiction, you can email me at craigharris at rutherfordcountytn.gov, and I will get you help. God bless you all. And this is Craig Harris, and this is the Commissioner Corner. For the Commissioner Corner, that was County Commissioner Craig Harris. Hear his ideas and opinions every Monday morning, right here on this station. The views of Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris are just that, his views. They're not necessarily the views of this radio station, website, or our advertisers. Feel free to send your thoughts and ideas to Commissioner Harris by emailing him at ccotinc at comcast.net. That's C-C-O-T-I-N-C at comcast.net. Seniors Helping Seniors In-Home Care Services. This is Danielle Rutherford. We provide transportation, meal preparation, laundry service. Seniors Helping Seniors has allowed for me to stay in my home. SHSMiddleTN.com. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Today we're talking with Kim Keblish with FEMA and Yab Adera with the Small Business Administration. Let's start with Kim. Talk to us a little bit about the recent disaster of the tornado coming through Rutherford and Cannon County. Kind of update us on where FEMA stands with helping folks out and a location where people can go in order to receive help from FEMA. Thank you so much, Scott, for having us back on. Homeowners and renters with underinsured or uninsured damage caused by the March 31st to April 1st storms in the 10 declared counties, Cannon, Rutherford, Hardman, Arden, Haywood, Lewis, Macon, McNary, Tipton, or Wayne can apply for FEMA assistance at disasterassistance.gov. They can also call the helpline. It's 800-621-3362. While we also have a disaster recovery center located in Cannon County, It's a location where you can receive in-person support from a FEMA specialist or even an SBA specialist. And uh, they can, our FEMA FEMA specialist can help you apply for FEMA assistance. If you've already applied for FEMA assistance, you can go to the Disaster Recovery Center to check up on the status of your application or to ask any questions you have regarding your application. And this Disaster Recovery Center located in Cannon County is at 5658 McMinnville Highway in Woodbury. And it's open from Mondays through Saturdays, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And on Sundays from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. Now, I I know one of the things we talked about in the past was the fact that FEMA can often help out in some of the smaller areas where insurance may not cover. So kind of go more into detail about some of those aspects of FEMA helping out a homeowner or maybe even a renter. 
I would encourage anyone that has homeowners insurance or renters insurance to go ahead and file that claim because FEMA cannot duplicate benefits with an insurance settlement. But FEMA may help cover temporary lodging reimbursement. If you had to move up to a hotel temporarily because your home was not safe or habitable to live in, we may cover that. We may also cover rental assistance and basic home repairs and replacement. And we may provide coverage for other disaster-related expenses, such as moving and storage costs associated with the disaster and expenses related to getting new home appliances if they were damaged. Home inspections, that, that's another aspect of FEMA that folks may not really know about. Yeah, you know, when you're registering for FEMA assistance, you want to put down a good, reliable phone number because that's how a home inspector will contact you in order to schedule a home inspection. They may call you from an unlisted or out-of-state number. So it's so important to pick up the phone within those 14 days or so after you register for FEMA assistance. Once you schedule a home inspection, your home inspector will come to visit your home, make sure it's safe and habitable, or if it's not, they'll assess what type of damage has happened from the disaster. And you want to make sure you ask for the home inspector's FEMA official ID badge, because that's the best way to identify an official FEMA personnel. And then after the home inspection, and assuming that you've submitted any additional documentation that FEMA asks of you, sometimes FEMA asks for proof of identity or proof of home ownership or proof of occupancy, you will receive a determination from FEMA after that point, and you'll receive a determination in the postal mail and by email as well. Kim, with FEMA coming here into town and with them being in the area, whenever people call on them in order to receive help or to receive a home inspection, you guys can actually make referrals to the Small Business Administration to get that person further help where needed. Yeah, so the U.S. Small Business Administration provides low-interest disaster loans to homeowners and to small businesses and certain private nonprofits. So if you've applied to FEMA assistance and you've been referred to the Small Business Administration, I highly recommend that you fill out that application for a couple of reasons. One, it helps ensure that all forms of federal assistance remain available to you. And if the U.S. Small Business Administration finds that you're eligible for a loan, you're in no ways obligated to accept that loan. However, if the Small Business Administration finds that you're ineligible for a loan, you're then referred back to FEMA where more forms of federal assistance may become available to you. I'd also like to say that sometimes, you know, local governments or state governments have their own disaster relief programs, and oftentimes they ask for a determination from FEMA and from SBA. So it's helpful for other applications as well related to the disaster. Again, we're talking with Kim Keblish with FEMA, and now going over to Yab Adira. And Yab, you are with the Small Business Administration, so kind of tell us where you fit into the picture. At the U.S. Small Business Administration, we offer disaster assistance, like Kim was saying, to homeowners, renters, small businesses, and private nonprofit organizations. We have long-term, low-interest loans that we provide to our disaster survivors for homeowners who have been impacted by the recent severe storm and tornadoes, we provide up to $200,000. For homeowners who have lost their personal property during the time period of the storm, whether it be any kind of furniture or automobiles, we provide up to $40,000. For businesses who have experienced real estate damage, we provide up to $2 million. 
And for any kind of business that has experienced economic injury uh, during the time period of the storm, they are also eligible to receive up to $2 million in loans. Now, the interest rate for homeowners are as low as 2.375%. A listener who owns a home that was damaged by a tornado, the Small Business Administration can offer that person a loan to then pay for the repairs to that damage. And in that case, those loans would be as low as, you said, around 2%? 2.375%, correct. And again, for homeowners, that maximum amount of loan that could be obtained through the Small Business Administration reaches what level? It reaches $200,000. And for businesses, they are as low as 4%. Now, the U.S. Small Business Administration has a 12-month 0% interest deferment program. Now, what this means is that if you do receive a loan from the SBA, For the first year, you are not required to pay that loan, and the interest rate will not start to accrue until after the first year is over. To apply for an SBA loan, you can apply with us by visiting FEMA's Disaster Recovery Center, where we're also there alongside FEMA, providing SBA assistance. Uh, We also have opened up our own business recovery centers um, here in Tennessee. We have one opened up here in Rutherford County at the uh, Rutherford County Courthouse, Uh, We have a BRC opened up in Tipton County and in Macon County. Besides visiting these centers, you can also apply to receive disaster assistance from the SBA by visiting our website at disasterloanassistance.sba.gov slash ELA. And then the last way that uh, survivors can apply for an SBA loan is by calling our toll-free number at 1-800-659-2955 and requesting for a paper application, filling that application out, and then sending it in by mail. How long of a term, again, are we looking at for that homeowner with that new loan? That's a good question. Um, You know, we work with survivors on a one-on-one basis, but generally they have up to 30 years to pay back the loan. It's very similar, I guess, to working with just a regular mortgage lender in a lot of ways. Correct. And I'd also like to add that uh, we cover whatever insurance doesn't cover. Or if you're not able to receive your insurance proceeds, then you can go ahead and take out a loan. And then uh, whatever you do receive from your insurance later on, you can use that to pay back your SBA loan. And, you know, we also provide loans for mitigation. Now, mitigation is to improve the resiliency of your home in case that there's a future storm, your home structure could be able to withstand any kind of damages. And that mitigation assistance will be 20% of the uh, amount that you receive in physical disaster loan assistance. There's a lot of benefits that SB provides for homeowners. And that's a great item to bring up because a lot of those homes that were damaged in, for example, the Reedyville area of Cannon County, a lot of those homes were quite old. In fact, some were 100 years old or even older. Correct. We provide assistance to all homeowners that have experienced damage. Uh, Again, I would like to add that we repair or replace damaged structures. We, We provide repairment and replacement. We would do improvements when it comes to mitigation, but we don't enhance any additional home structure. Again, with us right now, Yab Adira with the Small Business Administration. And we're talking about homes and businesses as well that were damaged by the recent tornadoes on March the 31st and then April the 1st. Again, these were in our local area that include Rutherford and Cannon Counties. Going back 
to Yab again. Tell us more about how easy or how difficult of a process it may be for either a business or a homeowner to apply to get one of these loans. I would say it's a pretty easy process. You know, the application, there's a three-step process to it. You apply for an SBA loan, and then we verify damages to your property or your business. And then the third process is that the loan is dispersed. Now, the eligibility requirement is that in order to be eligible for an SBA loan, you must first live in a primary or contiguous county where the storm was declared. You must have credit that's acceptable to the SBA, and you must have repayment ability, which means that you must be able to prove that if you do receive the loan, you are able to repay it. And for that, we look at your tax documents and other important financial documents that you would bring to the centers. For those who are homeowners out there or for those who are business owners, there are deadlines in place in order to apply for assistance or apply for one of these SBA loans. If you're a homeowner, what is the deadline for you? And then if you're a business owner, what is that deadline? Yes, if you're a homeowner, the deadline to apply is June 6, 2023. And if you're a business owner, it's going to be January 8, 2024. I know I keep mentioning the tornado that hit, but there are a lot of homes that were damaged just by some straight line winds that also occurred on those dates. Those people are also eligible to apply for these loans. It's not just a home that was impacted by the actual tornadoes coming down. It was those storms in particular on March 31st and April 1st, correct? That's 100% correct. If you've experienced any kind of damage from the winds, from the storms, from the tornadoes, you are eligible to apply. And also for businesses as well, uh, you know, some businesses, their structure, their real estate was not really impacted. but they closed down their business during the time period of the storm. Employees weren't able to come in and work. So even though the structure or the property was not you know, damaged, you can still, if you're a business, you can still apply and receive uh, loan assistance from the SBA and the fact that you suffered economic injury. You know, you weren't able to meet your necessary financial obligations during the time period of the storm. So I would also encourage businesses who uh, suffered economic injury to apply to the SBA. Now, if a business here in this area, the damaged and impacted area, was not necessarily hit by the high winds or by the tornado, like you were saying, but instead they were in an area that basically had to be shut down for a matter of days because electric lines were down, nobody could get in or out of the area, those business owners that were impacted by that they can actually apply for a loan to cover expenses for those days that they had to shut down. That's correct. You know, for any kind of net loss and profit that the business owner experienced during that time period, maybe they weren't able to pay their utility bills. Maybe they weren't able to pay their employees during that time period. And as a result, they would, you know, prove their financial loss by bringing their tax return and other financial statements. We would look at that, assess the, the damages and the net loss on profit, and we would compensate the business according to how much they lost during that time period. Now, does that always come in the form of a loan, or are there other options to look at in those situations? That comes in the form of a loan from us. But again, if we're not able to provide assistance to a homeowner or a business uh, owner, then we would, like Kim was saying earlier, we would send them to FEMA where they may be eligible for more assistance. 
And uh, Kim, going back to you, Kim Keblish with FEMA, when it comes to further assistance after these storms come through our area, there is something called public assistance that is available. Give us more details on that. Yeah, public assistance can be provided to local government buildings or local utility or essential service type buildings, private nonprofits and houses of worship if they experienced any damage from the March 31st, April 1st storms, they can apply for public assistance. And this would cover debris removal and temporary protective measures. As far, as far as debris removal goes, those prices to remove debris and stuff like down trees, those prices can add up very quickly. Uh, how soon after somebody applies could they get that assistance of that funding? It really depends on how fast they're able to apply for public assistance. That's through Tennessee Emergency Management. We provide the funds for the program, but Tennessee Emergency Management and the state administer the program. So it depends on how fast these entities are able to apply for public assistance and how quickly they're able to provide the necessary documentation for public assistance. I don't have a a view on timeline because it's on a case-by-case basis. A lot of times whenever situations like this unfold, people are somewhat skeptical about who they're working with. So how can we make sure that whoever we contact are definitely with FEMA or definitely with the Small Business Administration? Great question. You know, sometimes scam artists want to take or identity thieves want to take advantage of disaster survivors by posing as local official disaster aid workers or state workers or even FEMA personnel. So here are a couple tips you could take to protect yourself from fraud. One, please don't give any money to someone offering FEMA services, offering assistance, applying for FEMA assistance. Do not trust those people that are asking for money for services. FEMA does not cold call people or solicit people to apply for FEMA assistance. You know, we don't have your phone number or contact information unless you come to us and apply for FEMA assistance. So do not trust anyone over the phone cold calling you, asking you to apply for FEMA assistance. Second, if a FEMA personnel comes to your door, make sure you ask to see their official photo ID badge because that is the best way to identify an official FEMA personnel. Like I was saying before, if you have a scheduled home inspection, make sure to ask that home inspector to see their official FEMA ID badge. And lastly, be aware of rental scams. You know, never put down money before you see the place that you're trying to rent. And if you suspect the the validity of a a contact or you suspect fraud, please get in touch with your local sheriffs or police department and call the FEMA Disaster Fraud Hotline at 866-720-5721. Kim Keblish with FEMA. And uh, Kim, what is the deadline for someone to apply with FEMA to receive help? Because I know we covered that with the SBA. What is that deadline to receive help from FEMA? Likewise, to the Small Business Administration for homeowners and renters, our deadline is June 6th as well. And again, we will post all of that information, the interview, and uh, also the links in order to find help if you did receive damage from those storms on March 31st or April 1st. We'll post all of that online in our podcast section under the action line. 
You're tuned to WGNS, your good neighbor station since 1947, and we are broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. As a member of MTE, you have access to educational resources to help you tailor your energy use and your lifestyle. If you're interested in electric vehicles, for example, Middle Tennessee Electric can teach you more about it. Time right now, 8.59. Coming up to the 9 o'clock hour on WGNS Murphy's Bro. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com. 